Hi, and welcome to the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. I'm Barb, and this is episode 112, February 12th, 2012. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Wow, I just after reading that date, I thought, that's a lot of 12s. Episode 112 on February 12th in 2012. Hadn't noticed it till I said it out loud. So maybe that's a lucky number. All right. So it's uh, been a month since I did a show. It's been a hell of a month. It's really busy. I'm getting lots of training in. I've been very busy at work. And uh, yada, yada. You heard the drill last time, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, things are going really well. I got a bit of a chat with Eric to share with you today. I did a little chat by myself while I was working in the kitchen getting dinner ready. And then Eric joined me and we talked a little bit about his race and my training. And then after that, I have uh, some emails to share with you. And uh, yeah, we should be done. So I will play the audio with Eric's and my chat right now. Hey everybody. Well, I'm sitting here in my kitchen today and hopefully you can pick this up. I got so much to do and it's been so busy that I thought I would uh, have to do a little bit of a working podcast. And so in a few minutes I'm going to try and pull Eric into coming in here chatting and we'll see how his training's going. But uh, right now I'm just cooking up a little dinner. It's Saturday night, and it's about 6.30. There's a hockey game on in an hour, I think. And we're going to have some little pate and some goat cheese and bread. So I'm looking forward to that. And then we got a steak to cook, some red wine. This is all training food, in case you wondered. So, and then I'll give you a quick update on how things have been going. For the last, uh, I guess it's been a month, right? Mid-January we had a real cold snap and quite a bit of snow. I guess it was probably right after I recorded the last show, in fact. And maybe it was even lucky then, I'm not sure. But I did the, um, a, probably a week or so where I did my runs indoors. And I was at the gym on the treadmill. I found my tolerance level for the treadmill lasts about 45 minutes and then that is it. In fact, anything over 30 minutes is making me crazy. But I did. I went down. Let's see. Working on the trainer a couple of days a week. And then I did two treadmill workouts, 45 minutes a piece. But the good thing was I was I was doing some uh, upper body weight machines while I was there since I was already at the gym. And I found I was able to keep up with the strength workouts as long as I was just doing upper body and not lower body. And then the next week, I did some more gym workouts, but I I cut back on the amount of weight that I was doing with my legs. And I put in, I think, one less set of reps. So I was doing three sets of 12 before, but I found if I just did two, it didn't impact me for as long and it's this, particularly the ones that really work that glute mead that's so weak. And that's the ones I really need to be doing. But I have yet to find a way to find the right balance so that I can do strength workouts 
and still have it not affect my run because I'm sore for like two or three days afterwards. So I'm sorry, but I'm kind of eating while I'm talking to you. Excuse me. Anyway, I've been, I had my best month ever in January. Finally hit 100K. Um, so I was very happy. Uh, I know 100K is 61 miles. And for, you know, for the average Joe, that's not very much. But for me, it's a great. That weekend, I did a 90-minute run outside. It was snowy. It just snowed the night before, but it wasn't too deep. So it slowed me down, but it didn't make it impossible. And then the following week, let, I'm just looking at my, on my iPad here to see what my training schedule said. But let's see, January. I lost my January page. Here we go. The following week, I did um, another run on the on the um, snow inside, outside, but I did, it was only 45 minutes, and that was okay. And then I did my 14 and a half K long run. And it seemed like two weeks in a row, the, it snowed like the night before my long run, but only maybe like three or four inches, and the trail that I've been running on is actually not too bad. They plow it so that it's, a little bit bumpy, but it's not. Oh, I gotta stop eating. Sorry, but it's not too bad. So you can run, but you just slow down a little bit. And uh, for me, at this point, I was just trying to get in the the miles, so I was happy about that. And meanwhile, and those two, I think it was those two weeks, I was able to get to the gym. I did workouts on the strength machines. I sometimes did some rowing, and I swam once a week. Um, on Saturdays and so basically I was working out six days a week and then got to February as I flip over to my February page here and that would be called March pardon the following week I decided okay now I've been I'm re you know the weather has improved to the point where the most of the snow is gone and so the conditions are pretty good on the ground and the temperature is hovering around freezing the freezing point so it's pretty downright balmy if you ask me especially after it was like 18 below for about a week and so I find it hard to multitask here while I'm working and snacking and talking to you but anyway Alright, so I'm just getting some pesto out here and my sun-dried tomatoes and my goat cheese and it's going to be yummy, yummy, yummy. So, each week I was able to do my long run except for one week, uh, just the conditions were so crappy on that weekend I cut it back to only an hour instead of an hour and a half. But I've been building slowly and I haven't really missed too many of my runs, that's the main thing I focused on doing even when I had really hectic weeks, until... This last week, every day there was something going on and I was just not able to run on Tuesday. So I, but at, every, at the very least I've managed to run at least twice a week, well, usually three times. So I'm finally at the point where I'm really feeling pretty strong and I decided I was going to start doing some of the tempo runs that are in the Furman first training plan, which was originally my plan. But up until now, I've just kind of been trying to just get out and run because it's snowing and you can't do tempo runs or anything else. So the Thursdays, 
Instead of just running, I am doing a tempo run. And it's pretty good. I'm following the, the plan that they've given me and I'm using the paces that they gave. I'm being extremely conservative because, I mean, you're supposed to base it on your 5K, your a recent 5K, a recent 10K, or a recent half marathon. And I used basically my worst of each of those. So I'm kind of on the very conservative side. It's kind of based on a, doing a 445 marathon. And my pace would be a 1050 mile or 645 kilometer. And you know, you need something to work from. It's not like I have a specific goal time when it comes to the race, but I need something to have as a basis for my training. Now the only part I'm not doing right now in the Furman plan is that on Tuesdays I'm supposed to do a track workout. So right now I'm gonna, I wanna do the, the hard, or the tempo run on Thursdays and the long run on Sundays. And I just do kind of a, a moderate run on Tuesdays instead of the track workout. And once I've done three weeks with the tempo run, then I'm gonna start trying to add in the track workout and see how it feels. I think overall I'm going to be okay. I feel a little bit sore, that uh, stupid posterior tibial, posterior tibial tendon on my right leg, which wraps around under the foot, up right past the ankle bone, <coughs> and then all the way up to the knee. It pains me when I'm running, probably after about 8-9k, but not in a big way. I usually tape it with KT tape before I go and I've been wearing my shin sleeves and then I ice it when I get back and I do lots of stretching and the thing is that it's, although it's sort of sore sort of mid-run it doesn't seem to really have any lasting effect so I am cautiously optimistic that it's not going to get any worse and it's not and when, as my lung, runs get longer it's not really going to cause me any issues so that's kind of the only caveat to that whole thing so, we'll see how that goes. If I have too many problems, I probably won't bother doing the track workouts. Or I might modify them and maybe just do half of it and uh, start up easy. Because I really do have to always be careful not to get injured. It's, it's sort of priority that I'm not in injured from doing any of this training. Because I really do, my goal is just to finish, ultimately. So... I have been cross-training with the trainer at home, which is pretty simple. And uh, we now have the, the triathlon room set up nicely downstairs. We have a new, we've got the TV set up and I can access um, the PVR and stuff from there now, which I never used to be able to do. So I'm really enjoying that. And I like watching uh, cooking shows, the ones where they have challenges, you know, and a couple of people are having co a cook-off and they have to, you know, get somebody gets chopped every week. So. I like watching those and then I can fast forward through the commercials. It keeps me focused. And so generally I come home after work and I try to get my bike ride in before dinner. And usually right now I'm doing about an hour. And I'll do like 20 minutes at a kind of a moderate pace, focusing on my RPM. So I'll do like 80, my cadence might be 80. And then I'll do 20 or 30 minutes at 90. My cadence is 90 or, or faster. So that's sort of the hard part of the workout. And then 10 minutes or 20 minutes of back to sort of a cool down. And so I feel kind of pleasantly fatigued after that, but not hurting me, 
and I'm trying to be really careful that my cross training doesn't end up causing me any pain that's going to interfere with being able to get my runs in so that's sort of the that's the whole goal and I didn't swim last week but I do plan to swim tomorrow one <coughs> I think it was last week and I went down to swim but I went a little bit early and there were four people in every lane so secretly I was happy because that meant oh it's just too busy I won't be able to do this and I went into the gym instead and I rode hard for half an hour on the Concept 2 rowing machine and did a full body workout plus a bunch of stretching and all my physio exercises I kind of find that once I get into the gym I could like stay there all day it just I don't know it's kind of funny it becomes it's kind of a cool place to hang out almost so I'd like to get my money's worth <coughs> excuse me <coughs> other than that let's see well I had my my diet plan for the beginning of the year trying to my goal was to lose seven pounds and uh, I don't really have a timeline but I just wanted to slowly be taking off probably half a pound a week is about what I can maintain particularly as I bump up my training I'm putting in six to eight hours of training a week and you would think that the weight would just fall off but it took about three weeks before anything even began to happen and I am being pretty careful about what I'm putting into my body I'm trying to keep down the calories as much as I can but uh, because I'm training too I don't want to eat too little and so far I've lost about let's see since the beginning of the year since the first of January I've lost three pounds um, and so I'm pretty happy about that and the 10 the 10 and 10 challenge I was actually already a down a pound when I started that so I think I've lost about two since then so that's coming. Let's see, let's see, three pounds in four weeks. That's not too bad. Um, so another three pounds, and actually I'd be pretty content. And then I'll be down at race weight. I don't have to worry about buying different racing clothes. The other thing I've been doing with my training plan is really I'm testing out how I'm going to fuel for a marathon. I'm using hammer gel. I have a big bottle of it, like the 26 ounce bottle, and the one I like is espresso flavored, and it's got caffeine in it. And I've used it lots in triathlon training, so it's or and racing, so I know that it, it doesn't bother me. And I really don't like taking gels because they're so gooey and messy; they bug me. So I have a little small five ounce, I think it is, gel flask. I put in an ounce or two ounces of gel in there and then the rest water and then I shake it up really good and it's so it's pretty runny and it's easy to drink and now that it's winter I can put it in the pocket of my coat and I don't even notice it so I, I'm able to carry enough fuel for me to last me for a two and a half hour run but uh, I'm not sure I'm trying to figure out what to do when I start running longer so I'm contemplating two gel flasks, but if it's too warm on the day of the race, I'm not going to want to. Definitely not going to want to wear a jacket. Um, my jacket is that is the Segoy Versa um, jacket, which has the little bolero sleeves that you just pop right off and pop put into your back. So it's really a vest as well. So I'm, right now I'm kind of thinking maybe I'll wear a tank top and the vest, and hopefully that will be enough. And then I can keep two gel flasks in my pockets. And I figure I'll probably need five gels for a race, but it's hard to say. That's sort of what I'm figuring on. I usually take one every 
45 minutes, sometimes every 30. So maybe I'll need six, and yeah, depend on how long. We'll see how it goes. And I am gonna carry my handheld bottle, and I'll put noon tablets in the water, and I know I need to fill that, depending on the heat. I need to fill that every, let's see, what do I usually do? I fill it once halfway through a half marathon, so I'll have to fill it three times. I just stop at a water station, open it up, and they refill it completely. I drop in a noon tablet, and I'm good to go. And it takes about 30 seconds to do that. And I do like having my own water. I don't want to drink Gatorade. It bugs my stomach. And I do want to have make sure I'm taking enough electrolytes, so I don't think it's a good idea for me to stop. Uh, at all the water stations and just be drinking plain water so that's my decision I'm pretty used to carrying that handheld bottle kind of contemplated getting another one and having one in each hand and I feel more balanced but uh, sometimes after a longer time of running I do like to switch off and put it in my other hand for a while and if I had one in both hands I wouldn't be able to do that right so that might not work out so anyways I'm testing these things out I've also contemplated getting like something like Endurolites, which are those little capsules you take. And then you, I wouldn't need the noon, and then I could use their water if I wanted. So I might test that out, but I think I'm pretty, pretty content with just carrying my water bottle and having a gel flask. So if anybody's got any great innovative ways of carrying a gel flask without having a belt, because I hate the belts, and if I didn't have pockets, what could I do? I've tried putting them in the back pocket of my jersey or my shirt because a lot of my shirts are cycling tank tops and stuff and so they have a back pocket, but I find they, they bang around too much so it's too loose. I was also thinking about almost sewing a little bit into the pocket so that there's a really kind of a tight spot for it to fit in there and I'm thinking about that. I'm not sure if I might be able to rig something up so anyways, I've also shoved them down the front of my sports bra and uh, I've carried them in my hands and I've also velcroed them and strapped them onto my handheld bottle. So these all have worked for me so far, but if anyone's got any great ideas and you know what the issue is, um, you know, email me at colonagirl at gmail.com and maybe you've got a suggestion that I can try. Oh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? Yeah, I guess that's sort of it. So I've, I'm up to, today I had a 16K run, and I'm happy to say that at the end of my run today, I still felt great. I'm sure I could have gone and run another 5K. So I finally got my endurance up to the point where it's not bothering me. So next week is 18, and then 20, and then 22, and then I think I have a step back week. So... I do have some pretty long, long ones in April. End of March and yeah, April's going to be brutal. Anyways, let's see if we can get Eric in here. And we'll see how things are going with his training. Hang on while I holler at him. Eric! Yeah. Are you busy? No. You want to come and join me and my and all my lovely listeners? Sure, if you're listening. Well, they will be once we... Oh, okay. I don't know whether they're on right now. The recorder's on, if that's what you mean. Oh, yes. okay. So I've so. got to watch what I see. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> okay. that's the kind of show this is, right? Yeah. Where is it? Um, oh, there it is. It's sitting right there, but if you could get me a wine glass... Okay. That would be fabulous. And while you're down there, get one for yourself. 
What's the date on this? This this pate was supposed to be eaten before January nineteenth. Was it? Mm-hmm. This goat cheese lasts till April, but this is January nineteenth. I don't know what we should do. Does that say January? Yep. I need my glasses. Oh, I'm sure it'll be okay. It hasn't so, even been opened. So you're gonna eat it then? Absolutely. Okay. Mr. Brave. Mr. Gut, Mr. Gut, no, what's it called? Steel gut? <laughs> what do you call that? Cast iron stomach. Cast iron stomach. Yeah, I don't have a cast iron stomach. There, I will fill them to the same levels. Does that look fair? Sure. Eric has a mega glass for himself and a small glass for me, and he was thinking he would fill them to the same height. Mmm, this pate smells fabulous. See? Told you. So I'm kind of inventing this um, goat cheese stuff. Okay. And I just need the crema. You invented the goat cheese. Well, I'm that like I'm inventing a little scary appetizer. Is my point. And now I'm looking in the cupboard trying to find the crema. Except it's in here somewhere. Can I start eating it yet? No, you can take it over to the table. Okay. While I look for this. I know what's in here. Oh, I want those cupboards that have the drawers so bad. Oh, yeah, I see why you didn't want to buy any of those things. We have tons of them up here. What tons? Those, um, yeah. Nature Valley bars. I thought about four of them. Do you know... Have you seen that little bottle with the balsamic reduction sauce in there? No. Maybe it's in, in the higher or something. Is that, see, look, it's a small bottle. It's like what was called? I think it's white. If you could just find it for me, I'd be forever in your debt. I'm picking up the recorder. So there might be a little bit of noise while I move it. How about putting it on the with balsamic vinegar? Yep, that's probably it. coming up March March 10th uh, down in Phoenix it's the duathlon that I went to last year the desert uh, classic um, the race isn't exactly the same this year last year it was uh, February 20th wasn't it February 20th I think so yeah, it was in February sometime yeah. good news this year is it's March 10th so the weather will be guaranteed to be better than last year because it was quite bad last year. Uh, transition blew over the night before the race and they had to rebuild the whole thing. So it's got to be better. March 10th has got to be better, right? Right. Right, good. Glad to hear that. Now another change besides the dates is the distance. 
last year it was about a 5k run and a uh, 31k bike or 30k bike and then uh, what was it 4k run this year it's a 5.9k run a 48k bike and uh, and just over 6k run to finish it off. And those so runs are trail runs, right? Trail runs, they're up and down, especially the last one when my legs don't really feel like running at all, let alone up and down. So, anyways, it'll be a harder race this year. So you won't be able to <clears throat> worry too much about comparing your time from last year. No, I'm still going to try to increase my average speed because average. it wasn't, well, even though it's yeah. longer, I want to increase my average speed, yeah. my pace in both both runs and the bike. Because last year, my pace in the first one was, oh, what was it? The first run was probably about uh, 530, 530, 532 K pace, 532 minutes per Okay. Right? Yeah, something like Five that. minutes, 32 seconds per, per kilometer. That's, yes. that's what I'm trying to say. Yes. And uh, my average speed during the bike was 27, which wasn't as well as I'd hoped for. And the average speed in my last run was like six point six six minutes, 30 seconds, six minutes, 40 seconds, maybe even seven minutes. It was terrible but my legs were just aching. But one thing I'm doing to prepare this year that I didn't do last year is weight training. Mm -hmm. So so I hope a little weight training will help my legs a bit. I hope. And uh, right now I think my conditioning is as good as it was last year. And I still have three weeks of uh, pretty intense training left to do. Starting yep. my starting with my bricks this coming week, so I have three weeks basically of bricks. Yep. And then, then we go for it. See Good. what happens. And your running is is uh, I would say overall is better this year than it was last year. Like you've become fairly strong runner this year. I think my five k five six five k six k runs can be can be strong. I think the first one can certainly be strong. I'm still worried about my legs in the last one. Yeah. The last one. Well, and that's. Again, you know, that kind of thing is about pacing then, isn't it? Well, it is. But even on the bike, it's a lot of climbs, yeah, climbs that's what I mean. falls. Well, that's what I mean, like pacing yourself on the bike. Yeah, so I don't know. Pacing yourself on the we will. Time on the first will run. Time will tell. I think duathlons are hard. Well, duathlon is harder than try. I think if you know how to swim, I agree. Mm -hmm. Of course, if you don't know how to swim and you drown during the first part of a triathlon, then that doesn't matter. Oh, then you're dead. Who cares anyways, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, I think duathlons are harder on the legs. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> because you don't have any, <coughs> you don't have any downtime on your legs. Mm. So your race is basically one month away, isn't it? One, March 10th. Three, yeah, four, today's yeah. the 11th, isn't it? Today's... Yeah, it's like actually exactly four weeks today. Four weeks away. Yep. Okay. Four weeks today. 
Mm -hmm. And you're heading down there on February 29th. Oh, I am too. And so then, I have a, a week and a half down there before mm -hmm. I race. Mm -hmm. And I'll just, I'll do all my intense training here before I go. Mm -hmm. And I'll just sort of maintain when I'm down there and make sure I'm loose for the race. Yeah, well by then, by the time you get down there, you'll be so close to your race that anything you do isn't going to really show an improvement to your, to your ability yeah. anyway. So it's more of a fine-tuning and having a chance to race a course so you get some mm -hmm. mental training than anything else, right? Or yeah, race I, I, or run the course. Yeah, I want to go and do the course a couple of times, I think, before mm -hmm. the race because I'll have a week and a half, mm -hmm. which is quite a long time. So I should be able to go up and do it a couple of times. Yeah. Because my theory is you always do better when you can sort of treat it as your home course when you have familiarity with it. Yep. Do they have a, a swim? Like, do they have a triathlon at that same race as well? No. Well, it's in the desert. Because they have a, a number of options for the triathlon, mm. don't they? You can do um, an off-road bike instead mm -hmm. of the, the uh, road bike. Do they call that an Xterra? No. They actually don't. They still call it duathlon, but in in actuality, I guess it is an Xterra duathlon. Is maybe Xterra is a brand, though, hey? That's a point. Well, I think. Maybe. I think that is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what else? So. What's else is super interesting that oh. you can share? Oh, I another. Well, I'm concerned about my knees a little bit. Oh yeah, right. You know, so I, I uh, they've been sort of a little achy, but it seems once I start working out, they loosen up. So I'm hoping that with the training during the next three weeks that they'll strengthen up a bit and loosen up. Is, we'll it, is it one knee or both? It's usually just one, but I never know which one. Oh, really? <laughs> it, it does flip forward. I mean, I knew it was always one knee, but I didn't realize it could be either one. Yeah, it can be. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think I'm just maybe getting older. You think that's uh, it is? Do you think uh, it's arthritis? I don't know. Arthritis? I've never, I know I don't have arthritis. I might be sore knees. I'll never get arthritis. No? Oh, no, because okay. I'll never go to a you doctor don't have, for... You don't have sick. arthritis in your family? I don't have anything in my family. Oh, okay. I believe if you if you think that way, you're, you let yourself in for trouble and you always have this crutch you deal with. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. No, I know there's some hypochondriacs around. I hope you never get cancer, because if you ever get cancer, I think you're going to just ignore it. Well, I think it'll go away than that. different than, uh, than arthritis. Who says you have to act like it's a crutch? Well, I don't know. I have they, they do. I have arthritis in my hip. I don't act like it's a crutch. No, they do. Who's they? That's a good question. So is this your kind of amusing way to suggest that, yeah, you might have arthritis in your knees, but you've got your head in the sand too? Is that what you're going to do? <laughs> Time will tell. We've never had this conversation before. No, we haven't. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's I'm getting older. Things are getting sore. That's all there is to it. And uh, yeah. and if somebody wants to label it as arthritis, go right ahead. I don't care. But I, I get sore more often than I do. But I don't want to. I don't want to be labeled with something. I don't see any reason to. Who says it's labeling? Well, it is labeling. <laughs> oh, he's oh he's got arthritis. Oh, poor guy. No, no, no. no. So I, have a sore, I have a sore knee, okay? 
I get sore, sore, and I get sore hips too. As a matter of fact, my whole damn body feels sore sometimes, you know? And it just, that's the way it is. It doesn't, and for those of you who are listening, who are 25, 30, 35 years old, your body hurts when you get to be 60. My body hurts getting up in the morning and walking. I know. It yeah, hurts. Yeah. That's just the way it takes it me is. like six steps before I can I can walk without limping. You have to change the paradigm of your existence constantly as mm-hmm. you get older, and that's that's just the way it is. On the other hand, I really don't give a crap if you call it arthritis or not. For me personally, at least I go okay. That's why, and I don't. And then I and I think okay, if that's what's wrong with my hip, and that's why I'm hurting it. It's hurting. It helps me to decide. Um, what to do. Well, so I was wasting a lot of money going to physio because I had a sore hip thinking that maybe we could fix it. But once I found out it was arthritis, it's like, oh, okay, so this is something I'm just going to live with and I'll take, you know, if it's sore, I can take medication, um, you know, if I want to. Mm-hmm. And I just know that is there and it doesn't, it's like, I don't take it personally. Yeah. It's not like a, to me, it's not like a, this kind of negative label. <clears throat> it's just a fact of life. I'm okay with it. I, I think if they took just about anybody who's 60 years old yeah. and did an intense search on their body, they'll find arthritis. I'm pretty sure you're right. So, so what? Yeah, I know. And so it's the, called getting sore when no. you get older. And, and exactly, but what I'm saying is, if you had, like, say, an injury to your knee, right, mm-hmm. and something was um, you know, like beginning to tear or something like that, yeah, and you were aware of it and you found out and you were able to stop stop that from happening or get it rehabbed and get it fixed and something so that it doesn't happen anymore, that is a good thing to know, mm-hmm. don't you think? I think. Whereas if you think, oh, I've got arthritis on my knee, so every time it hurts, who cares? I'm just going to ignore it. I move on with my life. It's not like it's an injury that I that I can get fixed. It's just a fact of life now. Well, right? if it hurts so much that I can't do my stuff, <clears throat> then if it hampers things, yeah. I would definitely get it super checked out. Mm-hmm. But right now, it's an ache yeah. and a pain, and, yeah. and I will listen to my body, and uh, maybe someday that won't work for me. But uh, right now. That's still the way I choose to do it. Stubborn old fart. You are stubborn. But you are right. stubborn. Me and my body get along pretty well. We talk to each other all the time. <laughs> That's true. Sometimes I walk in the room and he's talking to himself. I'm not. Cussing at it. I'm not. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, this is called the Old People's Podcast, Old Triathletes Podcast. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody young who listens to this show because anybody who's young would have no nothing in connection with, with what we're doing. Well, they can sort of <laughs> contemplate on how good they feel and how good their races are and stuff like that. You know, and that's a good thing. And and sometimes you just need to know about a few things ahead of time so you can appreciate what you've got right uh, now. Oh yeah. Did you did you were you able to do that 
Were you, when you were young, were you able to sit back and appreciate everything you had because you knew someday you were going to get old? Probably not. I, you know. I don't think young people are capable of that. I don't think they are either. I mean, we can't. I was. I wasn't able to when I was young. There's where the value is in, in experiencing hardship. Mm-hmm. Earlier on, is you kind of appreciate some things a lot more. Yeah, I've experienced hardship in my youth. Mm-hmm. Didn't help me appreciate this aspect though. Except when I was in my twenties, teens and twenties, I could eat absolutely anything I wanted, and I had such a high metabolism, I never gained weight. I mean, I'd go to Subway, I'd get a foot-long sub, I could eat the whole thing. I could eat two chocolate bars and dessert. Well, you still eat chocolate bars a lot. I know, but I could eat, like, seriously stop at the store and eat two chocolate bars and a bag of chips and a Coke and a 12-inch sub, and I would lose weight. And I knew that this will not always be the, the way. And I, I appreciated that all my life because I knew that, oh, I know what happens to women when they get older. I said, you know, I'm probably not always going to be able to do this. So I was pretty happy that I was able to do that. And I was one of, like my grandma would say, oh, you're so skinny. you got to put some meat on those bones, you know. <laughs> kind of like one of those teenagers that almost looks anorexic sometimes. Mm-hmm. I had such skinny little, such a skinny little thing when I was 12, 13. Until I had kids. And then, I don't know. Oh, it? you're a husky. <laughs> That's really kind, Just Eric. kidding. Husky. Thank you're, you. You're beautiful. <laughs> you know I like. You know I feel that way. Husky. Oh my God. I just had to throw that in. Clone a husky girl. Uh oh. That's I, very kind of you. Can I pour some more wine? <laughs> yeah. Why? It's got 150 calories a glass. Mm. As I sit here and pile on uh, goat cheese on my bread. <clears throat> oh, but even eating habits change. You're right. When I eat, if I was to eat like three donuts right now, I would get on a sugar high. I was thinking of doing that just before a race. You know, whether that would sort of just make you not feel the pain during the race. There's a race, and I think it's Krispy Kreme puts it on. Yeah? And it's some kind of donut race. And I can't remember what you do, but you have to like eat a donut every mile, or you race the whole thing. You got to eat a dozen donuts, some kind of crazy thing. Anyways, it whatever it is, it involves eating donuts. Is the entropy higher for a race like that? I don't know, but I know there's a fair amount of puking going on. Mm. The hard part about donuts, not the sugar, it'd be the amount of fat you put into your gut right before you race, and then. You can't really digest it while you're going, so it's sitting there like a lump in your gut. And I think, for me personally, in my rather sensitive stomach that I have, would not be a good thing. Mm. I like to try it. All right, you go. Where are they, though? Donuts. The donut races. Well, these are down the States. Where else do you think they'd have donut races? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to my American friends, seriously. <laughs> They don't have Seriously, you guys, sometimes some of the things we that have, go on down there, I don't know. We have pub crawls up here in Canada. Yeah, yeah we have we beer have pub crawls. Pub, beer runs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have donut crazy. Sorry. That's kind of funny. But I'm not totally serious. Totally. 
I bet you have pub racers down there. They do. They have like the Harriers. Have you ever seen a no a Harrier hash race? Oh God, I'm making it up. No, I can't remember. Hash race or a Harrier race, or maybe they're combined. Anyways, it's a race that involves a lot of drinking. I know. Hmm. It'd be your kind of race, honey. That would be good. <clears throat> well, I've cut my wine drinking down to one day a week now. Two glasses of wine once a week. That's it. Two glasses once a week. Uh -huh. Well, once in a while, three, but not very often. Very rarely three. Oh, we're eating goat cheese here, eh? Yep. And, and what's in here? Pesto with? and some dried tomatoes and oil that are chopped up. Mm, yummy. Yeah. It's good, eh? It's been sitting in the fridge since Christmas, so I figured we should eat it up. And then we'll cook up a steak. Mm -hmm. I should probably make some kind of vegetable so it looks, seems like we're having something healthy. We are. This is all healthy, isn't it? <laughs> sure. Uh, the pate is pretty fatty stuff, huh? Mm -hmm. We already talked about not being able to find pate down the street. Yeah, me. we did. That's bummer. Okay. Yeah. And somebody, somebody from the States emailed me and commented. Mm. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. This okay. is sort of separate, but there's somebody, and I want to apologize to them. Somebody messaged me in some format about and they commented that oh you found your nice to see you found your mojo again and mm -hmm. suggested that they were having trouble finding their mojo and and asked if I had any suggestions and the problem is I for the I read it and I didn't have time to respond right at the moment and for the life of me I cannot find where they sent me that message whether it was on daily mile I checked daily mile I checked Facebook, check my Facebook messages. Was it posted on my wall? Was it, wasn't it an email? Like, I just can't find it anywhere. Hmm. Anyways, so uh, whoever hmm. it was, I wanted to apologize that I didn't respond to it, first of all. And second of all, let's talk about it. But what, what do you mean, mojo? Just being feeling in the groove? Yeah, feeling like training. Feeling tra interested? Feeling interested in training. And so, hmm. for me, I'll start with me because I'm. it's my show. Okay. And then Eric's got his hand up. Got my hand up. So for me, I don't necessarily need a race, a goal race or whatever. But I find like probably a couple of times a year I sort of lose my enthusiasm for training. And sometimes it's because I don't have a race, but not always. Sometimes in the middle of the summer I, I have trouble getting focused in. You know, it just depends on this time of year. But... Um, for for a lot of people, it's it's a matter of just simply choosing a race and saying, okay, I need a goal. You need to have a goal to work towards, right? And uh, and a lot of times, for a lot of people, that's all that they need. They got a goal, and then they can set up a plan, and then they can kind of get into it. Um, but I find there's two two couple times a year where I just need to accept that I just don't feel like training, and I try to do some at least the minimal. I don't do nothing because doing nothing is bad. But I just do very little, and I only do what I feel like doing, and I just accept that for X number of weeks, I'm just going to feel like not really pushing all the time. I just, you know, you just can't do it mentally all the time. Some people can, but a lot of us can't. And so just accept it, and let yourself have two or three weeks of downtime. And then kind of set a date and say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to give myself a couple, three weeks of downtime, and then... I'm going to get back into it and and then set up yourself 
a little plan, even if, you know, whether you're trading for something specific or not, but set yourself up a little plan and force yourself to follow it for a short period of time. And what works for me is success. There's nothing like success to make me feel like continuing. And I know that even when my running was feeling awful in December, I wasn't running hardly at all, I was doing nothing in December, and I was sick, and there was one thing after another, and I know that I was just to try and get back into it was really hard. But I thought, well, just, just keep doing it, because eventually, after a couple of weeks, it starts to work. And you have to have the faith that it's going to happen, mm -hmm. you know? And so those are little bits of thoughts that I had about that, but what about you? Well, what kept me going during December was... I. During the winter, I look to maintain mm -hmm. because there isn't anything else to do. Right. I, I, the cold for me is not like really fun. I look forward to when the weather warms up. But I worked on my swimming a little bit, and for December, mm -hmm. that was kind of fun, motivating. So doing something different sometimes can help mix it up, right? Well, and that has to do with maybe altering goals just slightly, maybe. Mm -hmm changing something for next season or mm -hmm. something like that but but maybe doing something new yeah because chances are if you try something new you're going to improve for a while yeah and that's that's a reward in itself you know yeah so so that worked really great for december but and, and i may get back to swimming i mean i haven't dropped that because one of my goals this year is hopefully to try a sprint triathlon at some mm -hmm. point yep but right now I've kind of lost interest in that. Not, not. I haven't totally lost interest, but you have a different focus right now. And though. my focus has totally changed. Mm -hmm. Okay, but that trying something new, throwing something new into the workout mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Cross training, I guess we could call it. You know, yeah. <laughs> is is kind of invigorating in itself. Because mm -hmm. the improvement you see there is a reward in itself too. Yeah. But okay. Boom! I lost that focus when I swam one day, and it was. <laughs> I, I lost it after I tried the fins, and then I tried swimming without the fins, and it was, it was drudgery. So that was really uh, so. Biggest mistake I made was trying fins. I hated it. Anyways, so what then? Well, then I had to to refocus because my race at that point was two months away and then I, I could focus on something. So I think it really is important to have some goal that you're shooting for. <coughs> mm -hmm. Ultimately, ultimately though, my goal involves a contest with myself. It, it involves, my job right now is keeping physically fit and, and seeing how far my body can go. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of my constant motivation. How long I can keep improving before age says, no, you're not going to improve anymore and you just have to accept that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's motivation for me to see. It's an experiment. Mm -hmm. Well, I tend to agree with you about changing, changing it up. And I kind of don't really do that because I already am, as a triathlete, I already have three three sports that I'm doing as it is, um, but I do find that in the fall and the winter I do start trying to do the strength stuff 
and it's kind of fun to do something different. And I, I was commenting earlier, I like going to the gym. Once I get there, I just could stay there all day. There's so many different things to do. Mm-hmm. And gee, maybe I'll try that stair climber, or maybe I'll try the elliptical, or yeah. or whatever, just to do something different. And I, I know some people will play a sport, like hey, go play soccer for a while, or or whatever you're interested in. What depends on what kind of opportunities. Or volleyball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't play volleyball, but take a painting class. <laughs> take a painting class. I'm taking a painting class while Eric plays volleyball. And also, you can also um, rent DVD, get DVDs for workouts. You can do Zumba or, you know, take a class in something or take a yoga class. Or I think taking a class is really valuable, actually. Mm-hmm. Because then you get the support of other people. That's right. As you're doing it all. Because sometimes the, the whole independence of the whole mm-hmm. thing, that you're the only one there and you're yep. all on your own, mm-hmm. is when you get down, there's nothing there to make you continue. That's right. So, and, different and then that's where something like, uh, you know, the Daily Mile and, and things like mm-hmm. that come into play as well. <clears throat> you know, because you've got people on there who you've never met and you've only seen in pictures that say, I had to go, you did a super job. And although it's, it takes five seconds for them to type it, maybe, bam, you know that they thought about you and they're kind of encouraging. And yeah. it, it, it does make an impact. Yeah. You know, That's right. There's more lots than, of... I, more than I think we really know. Mm-hmm. Just the fact, you know, you go on your computer and you can sort of contact a few people and see how they're doing and they say nice things. <laughs> Instead of saying, what are you doing? Yeah. And sometimes the people around you, uh, if you get too much negative stuff, I mean, and I, we don't deal with that, but I certainly have heard about people who who are surrounded by by negatives like why are you going running you're going to wreck your knees or all that you know running marathons is bad for you or you mm. know they'll have all these negative comments or perhaps you know they're they're not in shape and they kind of i guess they feel a little bit bad that you're working out and they're not and so they find a way to turn it around and make a rude comment to you yeah. about it so i mean sometimes that's a situation too that's why you hang around with like-minded people. Yeah. You know, it's but not everybody has that opportunity in their real life, so it's yeah. another advantage of being on something like Daily Mile. And sometimes if you publicly state that you've got a goal... Ooh, yeah, that's you know, powerful. That's, that's you know... Because <laughs> then you can't back down. Yeah, or it's harder to back down, it isn't is it? It is harder to back down. Yeah. And that's why, I guess, on Daily Mile, we put down what our what we're planning to compete in mm-hmm. in, the, in the future, and we tell our friends and everything mm. else and, and I know some people think that it's kind of like bragging when you talk about these things and whatever or, you know you're kind of full of pride and all this kind of, no you're just asserting this is what you're going to do and when people believe and know that that's what you're going to do they there's a little bit of pressure there but it's good pressure yeah good pressure yeah, well, and a lot of times having a, um, this is a good time to have a training buddy, yeah. or you know, I have a friend who's also wanting to. I have to a wife, who's my training buddy. There you go. And we encourage each other, and mm-hmm. it's just invaluable. Mm-hmm. And we home. wouldn't be doing this, I don't think, without each other. Yeah, because you kind of we talk every weekend. Okay, what's your what are you planning to do today? What's your workout today? Yeah. And then some of them we do. Up together, so not very often we do it together, but sometimes we do it together, or sometimes we do it at the same time, 
even though we're not actually physically together where we're doing it. And we do try to work it out so that, you know, whatever we're doing, we're doing it at the same time so we don't... Otherwise, if I go off and do a two-hour run and then I get home and then you go do something for two hours, I wouldn't see you all day. Huh? That would suck. Yeah. But anyways, having a training buddy is another good thing. If you have a friend who, who wants to get in with, get together with you and work with you, it, you know, and that, that's... That's really got to work out, but sometimes just having one person who you know is going to call you and make you go, or you've made that commitment to them, so now you, it's really hard to bail on a friend, right? But there, there's the value of a class as well, because then you meet yeah. people. You mm -hmm. gotta, if you don't know anybody who does these things, it's kind of like discouraging, but then you get in an environment where those people exist. Yeah. So it becomes the norm. Yeah. Yeah. So you try and surround yourself with those like-minded people. <coughs> but... But I mean, there's certainly groups of people you could hang around with who never go for a run. Oh, you know, they go to a bar instead, which is more not. groups of people that don't work out than that are that do work out. Yeah, and that's kind of hard to realize in a sense when you're when you hang around with people who do work out. Yeah, it is. You're right. You just get in with a group and you hang with them, and, and you see, hey, how well, how was your run yesterday? Yeah, you know, it's yeah, becomes part of the water cooler conversation. Yeah, and it's just so invigorating. Mm -hmm. And you were saying you're getting to the stage now where things don't hurt so much. Now you're Fine. even experiencing the runner's highs, is, is what you're trying to yeah. say now. Mm -hmm. That's great. I know. I mean, I, I ran for, I've been running for five years. And I mean, I did start, you know, but it took several years before I'd get a, that endorphin buzz from running. Mm -hmm. Like I would get it from biking, but I'd bike for like two or three hours and come home and just be buzzed for hours afterwards. But running, it just I don't know. I never felt that buzz. But now, I guess because I'm doing it for longer, I'm running yeah. for. I'm, I rarely run for less than 45 minutes, and most of the time it's an hour or more. Yeah. But it takes a long time. Or it took a long time for me, anyways, for my body to get used to running. And I still think, I always feel like I'm always on the edge. I'm only, I'm so close to being injured all the time that I really have to, I have to really evaluate everything I do. Mm -hmm. I think, okay, how do I feel? Is this a good feeling or is this just a tired feeling? Just gotta listen to yourself all the time. Mm. It took me a long time to figure out, though, you know, when to listen to my body and when to ignore it. Sometimes when you start out running, I mean, mm -hmm. things are hurting. Mm -hmm. And then after... Every time you start out running. 10, 15 minutes. It's sort of like you settle in. Oh, you mean the beginning of a yeah, run? The yeah, the beginning yeah. of a run. Mm -hmm. I even find that, like I said with my sore knees, after 10, 11, 12, it's sort of like things get lubricated, you know? And, yeah. and it's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get to know how your, everything works. And I know that was particularly true with biking for me where it would take me I could ride my bike for half an hour before I really started to get my groove mm -hmm. you know and I do remember hearing a, somewhere and it could be just a random quote but I always felt it was kind of true for me that it takes a minute for a year of your age to get warmed up when you're out biking well when I used to go mountain biking with, with all the old buddies you know yeah. who were all around my age our first stretch was always a quarter of uh, one kilometer up a pavement 
paved road. Right. And we're like huffing and puffing at the top of this paved road, and we're saying, oh, I think we'll just take it easy today, you know, and let's nobody race, okay? None of us are going to race, okay? We'll just take it easy. And we all agree on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then once another 10, 15 minutes passed, it's kind of like that's all forgotten. Mm -hmm. The pain is gone, and you're kind of in the rhythm of things, and yeah. you're warmed up. Yeah. And that's I, I know fun. it's true, too, for me when I'm trying to lose weight, and I find it so hard to try and stick to whatever eating plan I'm choosing to stick to that particular time. And I really find it hard. And then I weigh myself, and I'm not losing, or I'm gaining, or whatever. It just seems like it's useless. And then one day I'll go weigh myself and I've lost a pound. And all of a sudden, like, oh! And the next time I look at a piece of cake, I don't want that because I just lost a pound. You know, it's like, I know for some people that's not true because, oh, I lost a pound, now I can reward myself. But for me, man, there's nothing like success that's the to make me yeah. follow, right? And so it's so easy right now for me at work to walk away when there's treats in the staff room. I'm just looking, no, I'm not eating that. Because I know I've lost two pounds or three pounds now. I'm not going to mess it up by eating crap. Mm -hmm. You know. And the only reason I'm eating crap right now is because it's Saturday night. And I do allow myself one night on the weekend to eat a nice meal. That's right. But for the most part, I've been pretty good. So, how about putting on the BBQ? I think it's time to start thinking about the steak. I think you're right. Okay. I'll start the BBQ. All right. Do we say goodbye or are we coming back? I think we should say goodbye because I have some emails to read. Okay. And I'll do those after. Yeah, and I'm going to watch a hockey are game. Are you going to watch a hockey game? I am going to watch a hockey game because yeah. the Canucks are playing the Flames. And and you have to watch yeah. row 14. Oh, row 14. Yeah. That's where your brother is. Yeah, he's watching oh, the game. Oh, well, these guys won't be able to because they won't hear this till well afterwards. That's right. But he might have a PEI. Flag. flag, that's right. Oh, now, I wonder if anybody knows what a P-E-I flag is. Probably not. Don't tell them. Maybe they can tell you. Maybe you can give Don't them a prize. Don't tell them? Give them a prize. Ah, uh, there's no prize. No prize. I don't give prizes. I can't see. I don't have my glasses on. Hey, that new barbecue I saw at Costco had a light on it. Oh. Of course, it was $1,000. I think I ate my weight. And goat cheese. I'm not even hungry now. Alright, I'm going to turn off my recorder. There's a little Kelowna Girl, Kelowna Guy podcast. And I got a bunch of mail I've collected for a month because it's been a month since I've been on my show. So I will pop that in right now. Okay, so I'm going to take a couple of minutes to sit here at my computer. It's 9 o'clock Saturday night now, and I'm going to just share some emails that I've received in the last month. This one I got from Jeff, and uh, it's the first time he's written in, and I got this on January 24th, and I'm looking at it. I don't think, Jeff, I don't think I actually typed out a response to you, so that sucks. I should have responded if I didn't. Anyways, here it goes. He says, Hi, Barb. I recently found your podcast, and I'm still listening to some of your previous episodes. I really enjoyed listening to your experiences, and I just wanted to say hello since we're already friends on Daily Mile and Facebook. I'm almost 44, and I quit smoking about two years ago, the end of this month, and I started walking during my lunch break almost immediately. 
Later that summer, I started mixing in some running. Listening to my iPod, I would run to a song, then walk to a song, and I gradually increased to running to more songs until I was running the entire distance, about 5K. I ran my first 5K race in September 2010 with a time of 32.10. In November, I went to the doctor because I had some hip, lower back pain, pain, and I was diagnosed with sacroiliitis, 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 I think that's how you say it. Anyways, he says, I started physical therapy and I also started a new job. When I had orientation with a co-worker in a different division, I mentioned that I'd started running and I would be commuting by bike every day, and she told me about a sprint triathlon. While I was healing, I started swimming and exercising on the elliptical. I did my first sprint try last May. It was a 500-meter swim, 22K ride, and a 5K run. I'm slow, always have been, and probably always will be, but it's still fun, and I enjoy the different sports for variation and training. The bike is my strongest part. I loved riding as a kid, and I went on a few long bike trips, including the San Juan Islands as a Boy Scout. And I'll just want to stop in and say the San Juan Islands are a beautiful area right off uh, the coast of Washington, kind of close to Seattle, and it's a beautiful area. We have Gulf Islands that are just north of that, and oh my gosh, it's a great place. A lot of people go cycling there. Anyways, back to his email. He says, I bought clipless pedals shortly before my first try. Yes, I've fallen too, twice. The first time I was just practicing on the street in front of my house. I usually put my left foot down at stops, so I practiced that a lot, and then I decided to try it on the right too. The only problem is that I still lean to the left. I had to chuckle when you mentioned it. I almost fell that way once too. I stopped at a light with my left foot down and for some reason while waiting, I started leaning to the right, but I was able to make the correction before falling. It's really strange that when I did fall, it was also in slow motion. I like the mountain bike shoes too. They're easier to walk in when I'm going to and from work and easier to run in in transition. So it sounds like we have a lot in common here. He goes on to say that my swimming is even slower than my running, but I'm getting some improvement with the classes I'm taking at the gym. I can relate to your swimming experience with not being able to do more than one length, then having to rest. The first time I timed myself for 500 yards, it took me about 18 minutes. I did a mixture of freestyle, side stroke, and even backstroke. My best time was about 1530. When I started the swim conditioning classes, my baseline was 16.30 with a few short rests. I took a progress check late December, and my newest time was 13.30 freestyle the entire way, with only a couple of 3-5 to five second rests. I still have a way to go, but what an improvement. And isn't that true, you know? I mean, the more you train, you just you can't help but get better. It just takes time swimming, takes time in the pool, time in the bike, and time running to slowly get better and better. Uh, where am I? Oh, yes. I also ran my first half marathon last year in September. I spent the entire summer training. I also feel the pain of your shin splints. I got them first when I was running the Navy boot camp. I had to do a physical fitness test twice a year, which included a one and a half mile run. I got shin splints every time, even if I had expensive shoes specifically for running. And then I limped around for a week or two following it. Luckily, since I started running again, I've only had occasional minor cases of shin splints. They might ache for a day or two, but only for part of the run. 
This year, I've already signed up for the WOU. I wonder if that stands for Washington. Um, Sprint Plus Triathlon and the Rock and Roll Portland Half Marathon the following month. I was actually going to run the WOU Sprint last try, try last year as my first one until I went for a test brick workout on the course. The ride was a killer, at least for me. I hadn't ridden any real hills since I was a teenager. Starting about the second mile, there was a one and a half mile, 300 foot climb at about 4% grade. By the time I got to the top, I was going so slow, I probably could have walked faster. The second hill, I actually had to stop and dismount my bike near the top to walk up and then go back up the first hill from the opposite side. That scared me away from my first sprint try, but I'm determined not to let it intimidate me this year. I've done a few rides last year that had some similar hills, and I plan on doing some hill repeats this year. I also bought a new road bike at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's a giant TCR Alliance, so hopefully I can be a little bit faster and also go on some longer rides. The bike I used before was my commuter, commuter bike, which is a Norco VFR. Not something built for speed, but it's really sturdy for my commute, and it can handle any weather. I'm from the States, grew up in Seattle, Washington area. Now I live in Salem, Oregon. I used to go to Penticton almost every summer as a kid. We stayed at the campground where South Beach Gardens RV Park is now. I'm not sure what it was called the last time I went down in 1983-84. We would just walk across the street and swim in Skaha Lake and also float down the channel that runs from Okanagan Lake. I used to have some friends in Penticton. I'm not sure where they are now. We met them on the lake one year and hooked up with them again the last year I went. I was really close to one of the girls and rode her for a while until she got married. It's cool that Ironman Canada is held there now. If I ever work up to that distance, it would be awesome to race it, if possible. A co-worker from my last job is a distance... Oh, sorry, I lost my spot. Uh, is a Canadian triathlete, too. She used to work here in Salem, but now she lives in Arizona. She's done a half Ironman, ridden a century, and also ran a marathon all uphill. She's trying to decide if she can fit her first full Ironman distance race into her schedule. Uh, July 1st at Dartmouth, where she lived before moving to the States. I really enjoy listening to the podcast and following you on Daily Mile. Uh, you are entertaining and easy to relate to. He, oh, he's also got a 14-year-old son that's a freshman in high school now. Hope all your training goes well. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, so thanks very much, Jeff. Appreciate that. Uh, it's always nice to hear from other newbies and see how things are going. It's amazing how much stuff we have in common, hey? I mean, it's really true. And uh, I think that's probably one of the reasons why beginners like listening to the show because you kind of find the parts that you think okay it's I'm not the only one that's happening to so uh, keep us posted on how things go for you in 2012 it'll be good to hear then I got an email from a fellow named Bob and he just asked specifically about uh, a tri suit he says you mentioned a tri suit that works for all three events what was the make and approximate costs he was also wondering about the computers that I use on my bike uh, he wondered about the information uh, he's been listening to the show for a couple of months. He's done two tries and now is wondering why he didn't start sooner. Friend got him started. She likes to run but hasn't made the jump to tries yet. And so I replied what I wear. Um, I'm wearing two times U tri shorts and a Segoy Fizz tank. 
Um, the tri shorts are just re- are like bike shorts, but they just have less padding in them, so you can swim in them. You could actually go to the pool and swim in them if you're a guy. Um, and and actually, my husband Eric swims in tri shorts all the time, so they're kind of like wearing jammers. Jammers are kind of like a speedo, but they're not like little underwear. They have legs that come part way down, just like bike shorts, of course. And because they have less padding, you know, you don't get that wet diaper feel. You can also put them underneath your wetsuit if you're in there. Um, but because I'm a woman, I usually just wear a swimsuit when I'm training at the pool. But in a race, I wear my tri shorts. And because it's always hot where I am, I wear a Segoy Fizz tank. But there's plenty of tri tops for men and women that go comfortably with a pair of tri shorts. You need to try um, a different different brands of tri shorts till you find ones that are really comfortable for you. Um, that's one of the reasons why I have uh, the two times you tri shorts, but I wear a Segoy Fizz tank and. Uh, Oh, you know, I I just try to find something that's just feels comfortable for me. If it's going to be cooler, then you could wear um, a bi- actual bike jersey or or a t-shirt of you know like a tech shirt with sleeves or even long sleeves, depending on the on the, what the weather is going to be like. But uh, underneath a wetsuit, um, just the the for men often wear just the tri shorts under their wetsuit, and then they put on the shirt when they get out of transition. And of course, women need to wear both they've also got one piece tri suits but uh, it really depends on your body shape and uh, how comfortable it is first personally I don't have a long enough torso to to fit them comfortably so I've just never found a brand that really fits for me but they're definitely out there and it's just a whole one piece outfit that you put on it's uh, built-in shorts and a top and you put it on put your wetsuit on over top or you can swim right in that if it, if you're not wearing a wetsuit and um, there's a pretty wide range of prices but generally I find um, most of the tri shorts are fairly pricey especially up in Canada even when I buy them online uh, it could be anywhere from 75 to 100 bucks for a pair of tri shorts I have two and I go back and forth between them all year long and uh, I've had them for, I don't know, this must be my third year, the same two pairs. So, um, you know, they they do last a while if you take care of them. Uh, but you can wear any brand. And, and down in the States, you can find way better deals. So you should be able to find stuff for under 40 bucks, I'm sure. Uh, and buy a basic bike computer. If you're not going to go for a Garmin and spend a ton of money, a cat eye, C-A-T. E-Y-E, right? Cat Eye. It's all one brand. They've, they're the brand that I'm most familiar with for a basic bike computer. You can spend anywhere from 20 to 20 bucks and up for a basic bike computer. They've got wired or wireless ones now. I think my first one was wired and just had a little wire that ran from the computer and you just kind of connected it to your frame all the way down uh, to the back wheel where you would connect your little little magnet gizmo thing and it would uh, there's a part that attaches to your back wheel and so that would keep your pace well your speed I should say on a bike your bike speed plus keep track of the mileage and then the little computer you would attach to your handlebars Uh, you can also get one that also has a cadence sensor and so then you have an additional little gadget that you attach to your pedal and every time it passes by it counts how many times it passes by so you know what your cadence is 
And uh, the one with the cadence is just a little bit more money. Not a lot more, though. And that's a pretty decent way of keeping track of your mileage if you don't want to spend a bunch of money on a Garmin. So that's what I would recommend. If you go into your local bike store, I'm pretty sure you will find one and you could at least look at them, get some information, and then maybe surf around online and see if you could find something that's a good deal. And again, in the States, it's a lot easier. So let's see. Um, he did... Oh, and he had asked about, uh, mentioned he he thought I seemed to be the longest running show on triathlon, but uh, he had said, I think you mentioned somebody else has a podcast. Who is that? And thanks for replying. The local multi-sport club here in Key West, Florida is where he's living, is thinking about starting a podcast and we can train year, he gets to train year round down there. So, hang on while I just pause here for a moment and I'll give you the list I gave him. Okay, so I found my reply to him and uh, so I said that uh, I'm definitely not the longest running podcast about triathlon. There are quite a few that were on before me, but the one that's still on is Zen and the Art of Triathlon. It's been on longer than me. Um, Brett's a pretty hardcore athlete and he's quite knowledgeable and he's still putting out shows even now. He's now got his coaching uh, certificate or whatever you call it. And so um, definitely check out Zen and the Art of Triathlon if you want to hear about hardcore stuff. And then there's a number of them that were uh, have been around for a long time but aren't doing shows anymore. Uh, one is the Age Grouper podcast. I always enjoyed theirs, but they've got lots of shows in the archives that might be worth a listen. And Simply Stew. I used to love listening to Simply Stew. It was so good. And uh, gee, there's two others and just now is escaping me what they're called. One was David Warden. And another one, too. Now I just can't remember. Anyways, there's a number of newer podcasts out there, too, that are about triathlon. Um, One is uh, mainly triathlon, and uh, he's from Maine, the state of Maine, so it's kind of cool that he's got mainly triathlon. One is the Can Do Try podcast, and he is from Canada and Saskatchewan. He hasn't put a show out since last summer, but we'll uh, see if we can nag him. Another is the Garden Variety Podcast. So he is a triathlete who is also a vegan, and uh, he's got lots of good information. Then there is Run Like Health, which I think Jake has now changed his name to the Holistic Tri-Nerd, but I could be mistaken. Something showed up on my feed like that, and he also hasn't put a show out for a while. So uh, some of these guys need a bit of nagging. And then Coach Jeff Smith from Australia has the Triathlon podcast as well. So those are the only ones I could think of right off the top of my head right now that I'd responded to. So there might be some more. I apologize if uh, if you have a show and I listen to it and I've just forgotten it. So you could always uh, email me if you like. All right. Now we have a treat. We've got a race report from Sarah Cabacona Tri Girl. We haven't heard from Sarah for a while. And so she says, hi, Barb, I've been avoiding sending this race report for ages, but it's been bugging me. So I figured I might as well send it. I did my last race of the season last year on September 18th. It was 55 Fahrenheit and rainy. I always think it's going to be better than it is. Then September rolls around and it's cold. Duh. What do I expect? Summer? No such luck. Well, around here, Sarah, September can be beautiful, hot and sunny, or it can be ugly and rainy and wet. So 
it's uh you know you never know it's um just a shot in the dark if it's going to be nice anyway she goes on to to say so i drive to big marine park for my last race of the season it's cold and rainy not a good way to start but hey i'll do it and hope for the best they changed the swim from last year we started out in the water last year it was probably 57 degrees in the water and then stood there for five or ten minutes before getting going This year, it was a beach start, so the whole run into the water and out was counted as part of the 600-yard swim. I did it in 7 minutes 56 seconds, which was approximately 4 minutes faster than last year. But, like I said, they totally changed the swim course. It was cold. I have a sleeveless wetsuit. I wore two swim caps for sure. Yeah, I do that all the time in the spring races. I had my compression calf sleeves on under my wetsuit, and that made a big difference in the whole race, actually. So I do my swim, I get out, run into transition, get on a ton of clothes, okay, jacket, etc., and go for a ride. Everything is fine on the bike. I'm going, about, I'm going about the same pace as last year when I go around this corner and I almost get taken out. I think it was both our faults. I was taking one line around the corner, bottom of the hill, right before a big climb up another hill, and another guy was taking a wider line to the outside around the corner, starting from my left. Well, our lines collided. I slammed on my brakes. He did the same. We were inches from hitting or hitting shoulders. I don't recall. Anyways, we both kept upright somehow, but now all my momentum was lost. Crap, and right before the big hill. Grrr. Okay, she didn't say grrr. Well, she does have grrr with about 15 <laughs> um, exclamation marks after it. I finish the ride uneventfully and finally get into transition. Now, here's where it gets interesting. And I had to laugh when I read that part because I was thinking, okay, it's already interesting if you ask me. I lost two minutes from last year's transition time. A guy new to racing had tried to put his bike on the rack next to ours in the morning and couldn't figure out how to do it. He was pushy and rude, so no one helped him. He finally got the bike on the rack, but he didn't do it right. In other words, he picked up the rack to get his bike under it. Guess who comes into transition right after me? Yep, that guy. And he picked up the entire rack again, knocking over all the bikes, including mine that I just racked, and making the rack come apart. Oh my God, I can't believe that. (laughs) So now I have to help him put it back together. It'll fall apart again. I yelled at him and I told him how to properly put his bike in there. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he just ran away mentioning wanting a quick transition time. So I ended up staying there to try finish fixing the rack because I didn't want my tri-bike or any of the other bikes to fall over. I was steaming mad. The guy next to me happens also to have a now bike and fitness gear on. It's the same tri-team I'm on. And we chatted about the idiot a moment, and then I get on my way. This particular run is partially through trails, which I don't ever run on. I live in the city, and there's no off-road trails near me that I'm aware of. And they mentioned that they were not allowed to groom the trails due to park regulations. Turns out I catch my foot on a tree root and I do a complete somersault head over heels. I fell over, got all dirty, and then tried to get up and keep going. Landed on my shoulder and my butt and hip mostly. It was right at that point where the section of trail ends and it comes out onto the road. And of course there's spectators there. Hello, yep, I'm talented. Anyways, I do my 5K in a pretty good time for me, 35.29, and I finish the race. I was two minutes faster than last year overall. I gained four minutes in the swim, lost a little more than two minutes in T2. 
All in all, it was an okay race. It wasn't my A race, but I got it done. 500 signed up, only 433 finished. I was 345th overall, 21 out of 33 in my age group, 196th on the swim. Not sure where I was on the bike, but just not completely happy with the race. Aside from being bruised and dirty from falling and that whole transition thing. One girl tripped in the same spot I did, and my teammate picked her up, turned around and carried her back to transition for help. What a guy. She'd broken her ankle. Another girl was on a stretcher after the race as well, but that looked like hypothermia. Thankfully, I was dressed warmly enough. The calf sleeves helped. Yay! But I didn't trip, and I didn't trip during the rest of the trail run. I'm glutton for punishment, then I must be. I'll sign up for the race again this year too, I'm sure. I need four races, and this one is always a good fourth one. Small, but not too crowded, not too expensive. Unfortunately, my A race for the year filled up before I got signed up. I went to sign up after it had been open five hours, and it was already full. My girlfriend from Seattle is coming to northern Minnesota for, for the race, her first ever, so she will at least get my bike, get to ride my bike, and I'll Sherpa for her. I'll have two races in mind for the year, and I need two more. It's just a matter of choosing them and finding childcare, since most races are on Saturdays, and my hubby, hubby works Saturdays. Okay, so that's off my chest. Hope your marathon training continues to go well, Sarah. So thanks very much, Sarah. That was great. Oh my God. I can't believe some of the things you went through. I just can't believe it. That's unbelievable. And that guy, huh? Can you imagine just picking up the whole rack and dumping all the bikes and not even like, oh, that's unbelievable. Alrighty. Got an email from Kate. And Kate in Connecticut says, hi, I just wanted to thank you for your show. And Kate, I haven't responded to her via email yet either. I just got this on February 1st, which that's like 10 days ago. I should have emailed before. So she said, uh, I just want to thank you for your show. Hearing about everyone training is good motivation for me to put aside my schoolwork and get out and do something. When I was in my undergrad program in the middle of nowhere in Vermont, I rode my bike almost daily. According to Map My Ride, my school was atop a Category 5 hill. What a way to end your rides. It kind of feels like me when I come, come home and I have to go up the big hill to get to my house. Anyways, she goes on. When it got too cold to ride, I swam often and for quite a long, t oh, and for quite a long time. Then life happened and I got 20, 35 pounds heavier, moved back in with my parents a while to try and get my ducks in a row for a career change. Now I'm four months away from finishing my master's and hopefully finding a job as a math teacher. I find riding to be frustrating because I don't perform as well as I'd like, and the town's pool hours don't line up with my schedule. I decided to do a couch to 5k program since I have no unrealistic expectations for myself. I'm happy just to follow the program and track my progress. I'll add swimming and biking into the mix later on down the road when I'm feeling more fit and there's more hours of daylight. I'm hoping I can start training seriously once my thesis is done and complete a sprint triathlon in late summer or early fall. I've downloaded a few of your older episodes and your experience and tips are quite motivating for me. Kate in Connecticut. So thanks very much, Kate. Appreciate that email. And I'm really anxious to hear how your training goes and how you gradually build up. I think it's smart that you're just starting with one thing right now and you're doing the running and then just keep adding things and adding things as you go until you've kind of built up uh, a pattern of the workouts so that's great 
I just want to comment um, a while back. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not, but I haven't mentioned it lately. But a while back, I had uh, my feed had gotten too full and I had no more space on the server to put any more shows. And so I had to go and delete a whole bunch of shows off the server. Well, not actually off the server, but off my feed. They're still available, but you have to actually go to the blog and actually download them or listen to them directly on the blog. You can also click on over to uh, Mevio, M-E-V-I-O, and search for Kelowna Girl Tries Podcast, and you'll find them there. That's where I store them. But uh, it's there. I'm slowly going to be putting links to them. It says first year episodes. And I, I've actually, I kind of forgot that I was going to do it. And I've only got three down there. If you, They're direct links. But if you just click on the, either the little podcast pickle icon on my blog, or you just go down to the blog archive and just go down to the first, the first year, which is 2009, uh, you can just click on each one and you can either download them or, or listen to them on there or whatever works for you. So that's all I can suggest. Now, what I will try to do, maybe over spring break when I got a little bit of time, is I'll finish putting the direct links. I just don't know if anybody actually wants to ever um, click through them and find all those first, uh, I don't know, 25. There's probably the first 35 shows are now on there, so the whole first year at least. Um, so I don't know if it's worth the effort for me to do. Anyways... Um, yeah, that's uh, that'll be there, and you can always check it out on the website blog. The blog link, if you just go to colonagirl.com, you'll see a link on the right-hand side. They'll have a, a link to the podcast, and then you can click on that and get over it. So it's K-E-L-O-W-N-A-G-U-R-L.com. All right, I better go. So if you want to follow me on Facebook or Daily Mile or whatever, I'm on Pinterest now too. Ooh. So if you want to find me on there, uh, and of course I'm still on Twitter, you know, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. I'm on there a lot, but yeah. Uh, you know, follow, find me and follow me. It's, I'm always happy. And, and if you're a listener, um, you know, click on the link and, and say, um, and let me know who you are because it's always nice. Uh, I get, uh, Lots of people just follow me, but I don't know if they're actual listeners or not. So it's always nice to be told. And I want to give a little special shout out to Jason from Kelowna, who just uh, messaged me on Daily Mile. And he's hoping to do his first uh, either try, try or sprint try. And uh, I think as far as I know, he's like one of the only people in Kelowna that actually listen to me which uh, kind of always freaks me out. I don't really think I want anybody from Kelowna to listen to my show. But yeah, anyways, it's all good. So thanks, Jason, and I will see you. And I think next week, or not next week, but the next show I do will be another um, episode of So You Want to Be a Triathlete. So I try to do those every couple of shows. So yeah, I have to figure out what I'm going to talk about on that one. And hopefully... Maybe I'll be finally, the next time I do a show, maybe I'll be finally past the 22K mark, which will be my longest run ever. The longest run I've ever done is 22K, I think, in a half marathon. So hopefully uh, I'll have finally beat and have a new PR for a distance. All right, take care. And uh, here's a little great big C. Sorry, this is like an hour and a half show, but since you only had one show in a month, I figure I can get away with it, right? Yeah, sure. Here's Great Big C with Now and Then. Bye-bye. The sun must set to rise.